Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Adventure. I am Matt. I am Dory. Uh, welcome to, back to the podcast, those of you who are still coming back. If you're coming back, tell a friend. Tell two friends. Tell them, hey, these guys really can't make a baby. <laughs> and it's really exciting. <laughs> I have never seen people fail at making a baby so much. JK, we all know. We have, uh, quite frankly, not a remarkable amount of time that we've been no, trying to have a baby. We don't really have like a crazy, the craziest of stories. Right. But the beauty of it is that uh, this is a podcast where we all share our stories. So we get to hear the crazy stories as well as our stories. Yeah. And actually on today's episode, we're going to hear someone else's story because I did an interview. That's right, honey. You uh, sat down, got down to brass tacks. I sure did. Um with uh, with Andrea Sirtash. She runs a great site called pregnantish.com. 
That's pregnant. I S H. Yeah. Dot com. Um, and we, you know, we really got into it. So that'll be coming up later in the episode. What kinds of things do you guys discuss? Well, she has been trying to, um, she's been on this, on this journey for, mm-hmm. uh, eight years. Oh my God. She's had 18 procedures, retrievals, transfers, like all in, she's done 18 things. <laughs> Um, so, so my point at the beginning of the podcast exactly. is fully accurate. Exactly. Which is why I brought it up now. Um, yeah, she has really been through it and it's pretty amazing that she has kind of taken that and started a website, um, for people who are also going through it. It's a great website. It has a lot of very, uh, informational things. It has personal essays. It, it, it's a great site. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Cool. Uh, so that's pregnantish.com. Dot com. Great. Uh, you'll hear more from Andrea later in the show as Dory uh, sits down with her. And uh, I get a UPS package in the middle of the interview that I'm supposed to edit out, but I'm telling you all about it now in case I forget. I'm very busy. It's a two-minute uh, silence, so I... Oh, I'll probably try not to forget, Hope guys. you remember. <laughs> Did I remember? You'll know before I know. <laughs> huh. Uh, okay, everybody, please leave your Apple Podcast reviews and take a look at our Facebook group. Uh, wonderful community of people who are going through very similar things. Uh, really a support group via the Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash excellent adventure. And uh, speaking of support, you can support this podcast by going to excellentadventure.com. Uh, there's a link to our Patreon page if you're... Uh, so inclined and you feel like, boy, I don't really hear enough of Matt and Dory during the uh, month. I'd like to hear them two more times. You could donate uh, $10 a month and uh, that'll get you two extra bonus episodes. Um, if you would like to donate $5 a month, that will get you one extra bonus episode. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Our Twitter is, of course, at ExcellentPod. And our emails are doryandmatt at gmail.com and mattanddory at gmail.com. And you could also call us. Let's say you're listening in the car. Let's say, oh my God, I have to talk to them about this. Stop the podcast. Assuming you're hands-free, dial us up at 413-461-BABY. You know, you could even put us in your contacts. So then... (laughs) If you you so need to. Yeah, so then you could just say, call Matt and Dory. (laughs) Please do. That'd be amazing. Um, And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, So it's that time, guys. It's the time when we update you on our lengthy, but not nearly as lengthy as Andrea's journey. Yes. Um, And this week we actually have some updates. Can you believe it, everybody? Finally. (laughs) We went to our doctor. And... Remember last week when Matt was making a list of the questions we were going to ask her at the appointment? Mm-hmm. We were, we were, <laughs> I was like, oh, how are we going to remember? We got there and I was like, how are we going to remember what we were going to ask her? And Matt was like, I wrote them down. I was like, oh. Yeah, I don't know what she thought I was doing. I like kind of processed that you were doing that, but like not I, really. Wasn't I type? I was typing you on were. my iPad. You were. Yeah. You were. You were. So. Guys, we asked a lot of questions. You heard us go through what the questions were that we were going to ask. Um, 
And quite frankly, if you'd like, we could hit each one and we can tell you what her answer was. Um, but first, we should tell you that she went in there with the magic wand mm-hmm. and she saw 12 follicles. Yeah. Which might be the most they've ever seen on like, I mean, this is essentially day two, quote unquote, yeah. even though it's not because she's like, I ovulate and this is the number of follicles I'll have for the next cycle. You know, that's not the most I've had on day two. Isn't it not the most? Haven't you had like 16 on one side and like, no, Mm-mm. where am I remembering? The, that the first retrieval, they ended up getting 18 eggs at the retrieval. Yeah. But on, you're telling me more follicles will happen. It's possible. Oh. Um, I'm just saying, I think on day two, I'm, I'm going into the patient portal right now to <laughs> wow. see if I can figure this out. Legit real information um, coming for everybody. Here we go. Lab results, ultrasound. Okay. Follicular ultrasound. I love a follicular ultrasound. Um, yeah. Okay. So the one on... Monday was one, two, three, was, oh, wait, sorry, 11. Mm-hmm. I had six on the left and five on the right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Because you're a lefty. Because I'm a lefty, yeah. <laughs> um, Is there a correlation? I don't Some doctors think so. probably know the answer to okay, that. Okay, so here's a good, here's, here's a good, here's a good data point. Yeah. A year ago... Mm-hmm. When we went in, we were going to do a retrieval with Dr. Ringler. Yes. We went in on day two. <laughs> this is the worst data point. But it's also a good one because okay. people often freak out when they have. Oh, this is true. When they have an ultrasound and they don't see many follicles when they previously had a bunch. Right. And so this, this ultrasound, this is from January 6th, 2017. So literally like one year ago almost to the day there were three follicles on the left side mm-hmm. and two on the right yeah and the biggest one was six millimeters right not very big not very big and he was like we should we shouldn't do this round yeah and that was when we were going to start doing the era and then i decided to just uh switch to dr beck <laughs> um True story. We now were going to do a dummy I'm round. to see. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, wait, but I can't tell. Oh, no, that, that couldn't have been day two. This must have been day two here. What will it be, guys? What are we going to see? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11. So I did. I had more follicles, but they were all smaller. Interesting. And she already saw one that was like... 10 millimeters. 10 millimeters. Yeah. So... But that's not the most follicles you've had. I was no, correct. You were correct. It was not the most follicles I've had on day two. Um, but, you know, also, as we know, number does not correlate with quality. True. So... Very true. But you know what? At, at this stage, this was basically... This was like the best best uh result i could have 
asked for. I had had a number of follicles. They looked good. Um, and so, so now I'm on estrogen patches. So, so that we don't get like just one big one. Right. She doesn't want like a big one to get too big and then have too many small ones. She doesn't want it to dislodge. Well, she doesn't want, because if you get a lead follicle that gets to be like, say 17 millimeters Mm -hmm. too quickly, then, and, and the rest of your follicles are like too small, then you're not going to, you want them all to be roughly around the same size, basically. Right. So that's what the estrogen does. Consistency. Consistency. Um, so yeah, so that was good. Mm -hmm. And then, so yeah, what were our questions, honey? Yeah. So we asked her the following questions, guys. We talked about transferring. How soon after the next cycle could we do a transfer? She said we could do one following. Um, she said if we don't get any day five blastocysts, she would just transfer the embryos that we already have on ice. Are you spoiling the rest of the question? Oh, sorry. Because it kind of it's kind of related. I know. Okay, fine. So I'll jump down. Our other question was, if we don't get any embryos from this round, should we just transfer the ones on ice? The mosaic, for instance, or the boy? Dory looked it up. It's a segmental abnormality. Yeah, it's not a full... Uh, whatever it's called, full mosaic. So she told us. She said, "Listen, we could do that. Sure. Um, you know, there, there. But with the abnormality, there might be a chance that if you got pregnant and we did further testing, we might have to terminate the pregnancy. Yeah. And there's a higher rate of miscarriage with with yes. the mosaic mosaic embryo. Anyway. So she did. Uh, she did her due diligence. She told us what was going on there. Yep. Uh, and then I asked about the, uh, male factor. Yep. To which she was very confused by the fact that I was asking about it because apparently not a huge problem, <laughs> but we, I did say, well, what, why don't we just dot all the I's and cross all the T's and, and, and do a semen analysis. So, you know what she did say that I would like you to take to heart. She was like, I know you travel a lot. Yeah. Like, she doesn't want your balls getting hot. Which means, I think you need to get up and walk around when you're on the plane. <laughs> sleeping. You are always? On the plane? On the way back? You're sleeping? I mean, listen, my balls are not hot on a plane. Mm. We're going to find out all about it, guys. Um, I think. I think whenever you're home, you should have a... A uh, thing of frozen peas on your balls. Okay, it's a great idea. You should, we should get you those ice underwears. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, they're probably they're probably like they probably feel good. <laughs> they probably do. I mean, it'd be really funny to just be icing my balls in the yeah, uh, wait, the writers' room. I'm gonna order them ice underwear. That's crazy. So. We sort of said, I said to her, now just do it. We'll just do a semen analysis. Snowballs. That's what they were called. Yeah. Because at this point, it's like, why, why, why have her go through all of this bullshit? By her, he means me. Well, I'm talking to them and telling them what I said to Dr. Beck. Yeah. 
Um, so what can I do? Let's do a semen analysis. So guys, January 23rd, going for a semel. And uh, we'll see what's doing. And then we talked about diminishing returns and how many rounds were left inside of Dory. Yeah. Which we don't know. We don't know. Um, I'm ordering you these snowballs. Great. You get two pairs of certified organic cotton boxer briefs and you get three snow wedges. So you'll always have one available. (laughs) Guys, I'm really looking forward to these snow wedges. (laughs) Put them in a little freezer in my office. (laughs) Oh my God. This is going to be amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I I have to say I felt pretty good after this appointment, like all things considered. Yes, you felt heartened. I felt heartened. I, I you know, I feel like these things are you got to take them one day at a time and you never want to, you know, get your hopes up about anything prematurely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like in terms of what we were hoping for out of this um, appointment. It was, it was as good as it could have gone. Yeah. It's, um, it's good to leave that place. Not having a very sad wife. I mean, you know, it could have, we could have had the same thing that happened last year. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of, there are a lot of things that could have happened. Um, so I, I just, I, I think that I'm, I'm, I'm heartened. And then today I also remembered to check the expiration dates on my meds from the last cycle and they're all still good. Wow, guys. So I think I might be able to use all my meds. This is amazing. Which would be amazing. And the meds that you can't use. We're going to get them from Alto Pharmacy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's where I got my estrogen patches from, which you'll hear about later in the show. Um, yeah. So overall it's, it's, it is, it is a, it is a time. It is a time. It's a very stressful time. Everybody we are, uh, I'm inadvertently busier than I have ever been in my life. I did not. You're very busy. The, um, the, uh, Busyness of uh, Goldberg's has uh, kicked up exponentially. Yep. So I never know what time I'm leaving work at night. And uh, because of that, it becomes harder and harder for me to schedule outside things like podcasts. And uh, I don't have weekends right now because of After Trek. Uh, so it's somehow I'm somehow busier than I was while I was doing Sidekick in the Goldberg's and After Trek. Are it's you? It's crazy. Yes, I am. Really? Yeah. Just because work has gotten crazier. Just because of the the dinner every night at work and leaving at, at unknown times. Right. Tonight I got out at 7.30. Pretty reasonable time. But I, I had no idea when we were getting out. Yeah. It's stressful. We're very busy. You're very busy. And I've almost, you know, the last two Friday nights I've had to leave work a little bit early to catch my red-eye flight. Right. So, you know, it's a little... We're in the home stretch. We're in the home stretch. Four more episodes to uh, to make. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, it's good. We had some funny stuff coming up, guys. Keep watching. 
what else are we going to say? Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, in addition to that, it's like I have to go do that semen analysis. That, like, I had to tell them. I was like, 8.30 in the morning. I was like, when do you start? And they're like, 8.30. I was like, okay. Why did you have to make an appointment? Didn't they ask me to make no, an appointment? No, they did. But I'm conv- like, if you just go in for, like, to have your blood taken, you just show up. I thought it was the same with, like, specimen collection. Maybe it's, I assume it's just a different lab process altogether. Yeah. Uh, I've always made appointments. I haven't just knocked on the door and said I'm ready to jerk off. Oh. Hey, guys. Hey, dudes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Here we are. Here we are. are. Um, and But and the other thing, too, it's like stressing me a little bit is the fact that I, there's a chance that it's going to, the retrieval will be on a weekend and I will be gone. So... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We got a lot of uh, guilt happening over on the Myra side of the Shafrir Myra family. Meanwhile, we have wonderful listeners who have also written us emails. Yes. So let's hop over to that. All right. And then uh, we'll do the interview in a bit. Great. Um, So first of all, Rhiannon, who wrote in last week about her grandmother, her mm-hmm. nan, mm-hmm. Helen Griffiths. Remember? Yes, of course. Um, someone wrote in to suggest that her nan get into the Kindle Unlimited program, Ooh. which does sound like a good idea. I think Amazon gives you a lot more promotion if you're in that program. Mm-hmm. Um, and you still get paid. I think not as much. And I think they pay you like depending on whether people finish your book. <laughs> That's crazy. But... Um, a lot of good yeah. people over there on the Unlimited program. Uh, sir, sir, Ian Fleming is on there. He's dead. You can read all your James Bond books. Harry Potter is on there. I mean, come on. Are you in better company than J.K. Rowling? No, you can't be. So, Rhiannon, getting in on Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. Um, so, this email from Krista, we actually heard from a couple people in different cities about this thing that she's telling us about. And I think it's because it's a national thing. Um, So here we go. It's from Krista. A morning radio show here in our hometown of Orlando is running an IVF contest and soliciting essay submissions from individuals who want a baby and need IVF, but can't afford it. The essay is intended to illustrate their plight and help judges select the most deserving winner. What? That's insane. <laughs> While I agree that IVF is ridiculously expensive and is either out of reach for many or puts so many more in financial ruin, not sure how I feel about a top 40 radio station exploiting those who suffer from infertility in the name of felicity. Oh my God, it's through iHeartRadio. Yes. That's crazy. Or am I overreacting? And is it meant to make some kind of statement, perhaps that there should be legitimate insurance coverage for fertility treatments in all states for policyholders? And financial assistance readily available to those who need it. In the absence of that, this IVF contest is their only hope. Interested to hear your thoughts. Well, um, here's my question. First of all, who's sponsoring this contest? Because, you know, iHeartRadio is not slugging it out. Uh, Or rather, they're not... um, Wait, why isn't it? Oh, I know why it's not loading for me. They're not paying for it. Someone is paying for it, for publicity. And it is. it seems like it's Fertility Care, the IVF Center. Does anyone go to the fer- Fertility Care, the IVF Center? I'm going to take a look here and find out a little bit more about them. So it sounds like a large corporate IVF Here's clinic. something interesting. The The one that I initially saw, mm-hmm. the headline was something like this, like 
it will give you a baby. So they've either changed the language or because now it says Johnny's house gives you a chance for a baby. I bet that was the fucking the lawyers. Yeah. Of the radio station. And probably of the clinic, too. They were like, oh, wait a second. Uh, <laughs> these guys. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this particular thing is in uh, uh, just outside of Orlando. Okay. So the other one was in Detroit. And maybe it, I mean, but it was also iHeartRadio. Um, this is crazy. Yeah. I'm trying to remember where. Oh. So here's my guess on what's happening here. Uh, Winter Park, Florida. Oh, here it is. We tried another clinic before and it was horrible. Uh, 4.4 stars with 12 reviews on, on on Google. Oh, here. No. So this other one. Yeah. It does. It says Mojo gives you a baby. Mojo in the morning gives you a baby. Okay. Yeah. Scroll down. Michigan and that is from, that Fertility Center. That's from IVF. Michigan Fertility Center. So. But it's, it's iHeartRadio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they must have done this like So there's a promo the department country. and they yeah. somehow figured out that a, an IVF clinic will pay X amount of dollars uh, for them to... I mean, really, they have to provide the prize. So what does it cost them out of pocket? $6,000 probably yeah. in total to like pay for everything. Yeah. Like, you know, they're going to charge you twenty, Right. Uh, but it costs them $6,000. So what this is, is them getting advertising where they're talking about this contest every single day totally and you keep hearing about fertility care the ivf center in in water park florida or this one in michigan and uh that's 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 what they're getting out of it yeah uh how do i feel about it it's a weird contest yeah, I, I I have I have mixed feelings about it. On the one hand, I like it's kind of cool that it's so normalized almost. Sure. You know, that like it's like if they're just talking about it matter of factly and not in a freak show sort of way, then like great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just don't need a morning zoo. But that's the thing. It's like talking about right. Like, my how sperm are cows. they? How are they talking about it? Yeah, it's. Cr- I, I, I honestly, I'm very conflicted. Yeah, I'm very I, conflicted I as I well. I mean, it's like, what do you do? You're right into Delilah. You tell her a sad story. She plays a song. But Delilah's different. Yeah, I know. But it's it's to that point. It's like people have been exploiting sad stories on the radio that's for true. decades. That's true. So it's not that crazy to me. Yeah, I hear that. I wonder what David Alan Boucher thinks. Debouche? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Will anyone ever find out what he looks like? I think he follows me on Twitter. Could you ask him? I could. Hey, Debouche, <laughs> could I get a photo? Um, all right. So I'm going to read this email from Kay. Mm. Okay. Um, all right. Kay says, I have a fairly specific question. I'm hoping one of your listeners might be able to answer. That's like our specialty. Great. I'm a 21-year-old trans guy, and Mm -hmm. I just found out that my insurance recently started covering gender reassignment surgeries. Okay. So I've been thinking about getting my female reproductive organs removed at some point in the future. Okay. I'm certain that I eventually want to have the surgery. Right. But I'm not certain about whether or not I want to freeze my eggs beforehand. 
following so far? At the moment, I don't want kids, but I know that might change in the future. So the best bet would be to freeze some eggs. Mm -hmm. The downsides would be that to freeze my eggs, I believe I would have to go through an egg retrieval, which from what I understand would mean going off of the testosterone I currently take and taking female hormones instead, restarting my menstruation cycle Uh and all the things that come along with that, which wouldn't be much fun at all. Okay. Additionally, even though the surgery would be covered by my insurance, if I decide to freeze my eggs, the egg retrieval, medications, and storage costs for the eggs would not be covered. Right. However, even with the downsides I just listed, I'm still considering it because I fear that when I'm older, I might regret not freezing my eggs. My internal debate always ends up at the same place, though, because there's one thing I haven't mentioned yet. Technically speaking, I only have 45 chromosomes. Okay. I have what's called a Robertsonian translocation between my 13th and 14th chromosome pairs. This means that one of the chromosomes from pair 13 fused with one of the chromosomes from pair 14, or it might be the other way around. I always forget which way mine is. Leaving one pair with one regular chromosome and the other with one regular chromosome and one really long chromosome. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, mine doesn't affect me in any way. However, from what I understand, translocations between other chromosome pairs can cause certain birth defects. I only know that I have this Robertsonian translocation because my mother was 46 when she became pregnant with me. So her doctors recommended genetic testing when I was still in the womb because of her age. That's when they found out about the Robertsonian translocation, which I apparently inherited from my dad. Okay. If my mom hadn't gotten this genetic testing done on me, I probably never would have known about the Robertsonian translocation. Anyway, my question for you or your listeners is this. Will the fact that I have a Robertsonian translocation affect my ability to produce a healthy embryo in the future? Mm Mm-hmm. Is there a higher than average chance that I'll produce a child who has a birth defect caused by missing slash extra slash incorrectly located genetic material? Does this change if my future sperm donor, either my partner or an actual sperm donor, also happens to have the same or a similar translocation as I do? Sperm donor will not have that loca- translocation because they uh, will be tested. And finally, does the chance of miscarriage increase because of my Robertsonian translocation? This I do not know. If anyone knows the answers to any of these questions, I would be very grateful. Somehow I feel like knowing the odds a bit better might really help me in making this decision. Additionally, if there happen to be any other transgender listeners out there who have gone through or thought about fertility preservation, I'd love to hear from them about their experiences as well. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much. Love the podcast. Good luck to both of you in the next cycle. Okay. P.S. It isn't really relevant to my question, but I wanted to tell you how I came to listen to the podcast. I'm a fan of Matt's from Nerdist, so when I heard about Excellent Adventure, I decided to give it a listen. I thought I was just going to be one of those listeners who just like to listen to you talk, but then I realized that if I wanted to have kids in the future, I would likely have to go through an egg retrieval and then eventually find a surrogate when I'm actually ready to have a child, etc. This podcast has really helped give me some frame of reference about the future, and I'm very, very grateful for that. So thank you both so much for being so open about this part of your lives. Well, thank you for writing us, Kay. Uh, great question. I have, I have a, I, I have the begin, he, I, I have the beginning if, of an answer for him. I think if he's going to regret it, he's going to regret it. Yeah, if he's I already, think if thinking, he's already, got if he's already the, thinking, he's going to regret it. Got the little voice in in his head going, "Hey, yeah, buddy, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, let's get those eggs out. Yeah. So." I imagine it's got to really fuck with you, though, if you've been, like, taking testosterone and right. you're going through all of this, um, if, you're, if you've, are if you you know, decided to do gender reassignment surgery, and I don't know, you know, kind of what phase of everything you're in, Kay, but, yeah, I, I imagine that's got to be, like, a real mind fuck to them, like, stop it and go back to having your period and, like, all those other things, but I guess... 
my advice to you and i i would love to hear from a trans person about this because i have a lot of questions about like how long do you have to go back on these hormones exactly like that's what i'm wondering i want to know how much of your life k is going to be disrupted by this are we talking a year or are we talking three months or like what are we talking here because like if you if i'd imagine to kick the testosterone out of the system and then to or the level of testosterone of the system, then to go on to be taking estrogen to then cycle back up. You'd, I'd have to think this would take at least three cycles. Yeah. I mean, we're probably looking at like six months total. Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, that's a good, that's a question for someone who's done it or a reproductive endocrinologist who, has done stuff who has worked with trans people before. Mm-hmm. Um, but my advice was going to be in terms of that part of your question, if you do decide to, to do it, I think if you are able to just view it as this finite thing that is in service of a thing that you know you really want, that will probably be helpful. Yes, but before you go down a road, we need to find out about your chromosome fusing. Yes, which I was going to suggest talking to a genetic counselor. Right. I would also suggest getting tested again because you got tested 21 years ago, dude. In the womb. In the womb. That shit wasn't great then. Think about how much better it has to be by now. How much more information you could get. How, you know... What if you had a false positive on yeah. this on this chromosomal transmutation? Yeah. Um. So my but but he did say his dad has it. No, no. What he said was, "I inherited this from my dad," right. which is not to say that oh, my dad yeah, had it. Yeah, right, right, right. What his it is to say is it. that the genetic testers were like, "Oh, this comes from the father side." Right, of right, 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 right. So. To, to that extent, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I think it might be worth before we go down the long road of of fucking your body up. Yeah. Uh, for six to nine months. Right. Uh, that's right, ladies. Your bodies are fucked up constantly. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, so before you go through that, I would certainly do the due diligence of your genetic makeup and figuring out what's going on there. Yeah. And then once you do that, you'll be, have access to another to a genetic counselor session, who can then explain the Robertsonian translocation to you better than um, a comedy writer and a novelist. Um, I'm just kidding. We know way more about everything than we, we know should. so much. Uh, so yeah, that's my advice, Kay. Yeah. And good Get luck. Get the genetic and, and testing. Please keep us posted. Hang on. I'm oh. recapping my advice Sorry. to Kay. Sorry. Get the genetic testing. Then we're going to have to reconvene <laughs> the council. And we're going to figure out uh, how long uh, of a period of time you're going to have to be off the testosterone and back on the garbage. Um, and then... Uh, we'll go from there. We're going to do it. Yep. We're going to get through this together. Yep. Uh, but my general long-term advice for you right now, Kay, is uh, listen to the voice in your head. Yeah. If the voice in your head's like, brah, come on. Got to do this. Yeah. I don't know why your voice is Bostonian. Whatever. Uh, so that's our advice for Kay. 
And I'm sure this counts as the sperm signal going off or the egg signal, whatever signal. Um, how much time do we have? We could. Um, here's what we're going to do, everybody. We have uh, an email or so left, but right now we're going to go to a break. We're going to tell we're going to tell you about our favorite people who are sponsoring this episode. But after that, you're going to hear the interview with Andrea and stay tuned for post interview with Andrea where Dory and I will recap a bit and read a couple more emails. What what? It's a full it's a full blown show, guys. Yep. Uh so now a word from our sponsor. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like you know uh, stripes on the top of it. it's like oh hey look at me i'm a vintage uh soccer player or track person they've got those too and they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff you know if for all you frill seekers out there folks all i'm saying is you heard me talk about bombas for years now i don't know why you haven't done anything about it get comfy this spring and give back with bombas Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel. Thank you. Hey, guys, we're back from the break. Yeah. Guess what you're going to hear now? What? An interview that Dory did. Cool. 
Uh, oh wait, that's me. Yeah, that is you. So I everybody, did the interview. please enjoy a little interview. So hi, I'm here with Andrea Sirtash, the CEO. Yeah, I never announce myself that way. The founder, yeah, founder of Pregnantish. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you. We're I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Um, so, Andrea, for people who don't know, why don't you tell us a little bit about your amazing site? Sure. So, I launched Pregnantish at the very start of 2017 as the first ever, which is bananas, yeah. first ever content site to help singles, couples, LGBT navigate this wacky world of infertility and fertility treatments. Because I, as a, a patient for almost seven years now on this journey, I was frustrated. I'm a content person. I'm a relationships author. Yeah. And I'm in the media often. And I was frustrated by the lack of content. I mean, obviously, your podcast is fantastic. But just the fact that I'd have to go to parenting sites to read about infertility or clinical sites to right. read about infertility or weirdo message boards to read about baby dust. I was a little <laughs> over it. And yeah. I thought, you know what? We need, There are too many of us. We need our own dedicated destination. And that's how Pregnantish was born. So you have been on your own infertility journey for a while. Um, and that was what kind of led to Pregnantish. Um, so before, I think before we talk a little bit more about the site, I'd love to just hear you talk about your experiences and what you've been through. Sure. So um, I think it really starts, my fertility story literally starts with the beginning of you know, when I menstruated and I remember just being in the hospital with painful oh, cramps and I had endometriosis and they talked to me then about fertility, but it went in one ear and out the other because, right. you know, how old were you? I was 14. Okay. Yeah. So it was the last thing on my mind. Yeah. Um, but you know, when I started having other fertility issues with my husband, and I started trying, my mother reminded me, she said, you've always oh, had this wow. issue. That's why we put you on the pill when you were 14 because you oh, always wow. had this issue. Yeah. Um, so fast forward, I, I married, uh, got a great guy and, um, we started kind of casually trying and then I've discovered, you know, probably a year or two into it that I had a massive fibroid tumor covering my tubes and ovaries. I had open stomach surgery Oh my god! that led to other issues. Yeah. So it's just been a very long journey. Um, and you know, anyone who's gone through it, realize you, you learn things in, in time. It's not always immediate as you uncover things. I call myself an ovary achiever because I've done so many treatments. I've lost count. Yeah. Um, and now we're, we're working with a fabulous gestational carrier with our own embryo and I hope it works, but we'll, we'll see. So you have one embryo. We have a couple healthy um, ones um, that, you know, we never genetically tested them until recently. And after about, I think 18 treatments or so, the doctor, I went to eight doctors. I mean, I really, I really know this world. And that's why I was so frustrated by the lack of um, resources, support and content. Um, Finally, a doctor said to me, you know what, don't put anything back in you. Let's test them. Um, because after so many years, probably something would have, yeah, I've lost pregnancies. So yeah, I don't know. It hasn't been, but anyway, your listeners get this. Yeah, it's totally never a linear. And that's the issue of pregnantish. It's never linear. I mean, we talk about this all the time on the podcast. It's like the goalposts are constantly shifting. 
constantly. Like when you think you've finally gotten through this one, you know, obstacle, it's like, oh, here's this other thing that you didn't even know existed yes. that you now have to deal with. That's right. And sometimes it's a good twist in the ish. Right. And sometimes it's a terrible one. Yeah. There are many times where I, I cried my eyes out at a bad cycle and then it turned around and it was fabulous. And how many of us have had the opposite experience where we were so hopeful? Yep. I remember they took out a few years ago, took out 15 eggs and I was like, we're done. Totally. <laughs> and then I had two embryos from it. Yeah. And um, so you, you just never know. Yeah. I see this. I see this sometimes on our Facebook page and I almost want to tell people like, don't post how many eggs you got <laughs> yes. because it's like, it's, I mean, obviously it's not cursing you. Like I don't believe in that, but like the numbers go down so much. And I find that especially sometimes for women who it's their first round and they're like, I got 25 eggs. Like <laughs> I should be great. And then, you know, you, they, they keep checking in and on day five, they're like, I got one embryo. Like what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It, it, like, I feel like the expectations are out of whack. I feel like the doctors aren't always totally forthcoming, maybe because they hope that everyone's situation will be like the best case scenario. So they are not realistic. Right. Or the opposite where the doctors will give you, tell you it's hopeless. And then you're, you, out, yeah. you do, you, that's the thing. Nobody, yeah. you start to learn. Nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> like totally. even when, you know, even when you're in the room with the biggest expert yep. at the end of the day, a lot is left to, whatever you believe in science, nature, all of it, the universe, God, yep. it is beyond our control. And it's, yep. that's what makes it so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Because you, how many of us have had that moment? This is the one. This is the cycle. Yep. I'm relaxed this time. Yep. I'm in the right zone. I remember I write love for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm an author. Yeah. And we had an um, one of our treatments fell on Valentine's Day. And I said to my husband, this is why. Right. And the, the doctor totally. said during the, at the time it was a fresh transfer. He said, oh, this is a beautiful embryo. And oh. I said, that's why it hasn't worked for so long. I needed to have a Valentine's Day oh my God. transfer. Well, yeah, we've right. all done that. Right. Uh, so you've gone to eight doctors. Mm -hmm. How, how, how many years are we talking about here? Well, the timeline's really fuzzy for me because my surgery was now five and a half years ago. Okay. I went to my first fertility doctor probably six years ago. I mean, but you know, through these, I've gone in Canada uh, and in New York where I live. Yeah. Um, my sister had IVF. I have a great niece. So I, you know, one of the embryos we're using was created in Toronto with my Dr. Bentov, who I love, oh, who's, wow. um, was my sister's doctor. So oh, wow. this is what happens too. You know, you yeah. hear a good story. You want to go to that doctor. Yeah. Uh, but it's, there've been so many reasons I've changed. Yeah. Not always because, um, listen, nobody wants to hop around endlessly. No. It's exhausting. Yeah. yeah. And you have but to start from scratch. Scratch. Yeah. And you don't want to schlep millions of papers. Totally. <laughs> yeah. But, um, there was a clinic and I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but yeah. I did have an experience for two and a half years where I feel I truly wasted time oh. because with another, other doctor they said why would they not have primed you you produce so much estrogen you needed the estrogen patch why did nobody prime you right like you really wasted two years oh my god that was upsetting for obvious reasons that's horrible so those hiccups have happened definitely yeah yeah so 
you're, how did you make the decision to move to gestational carrier? Well, um, I, I have a whole host of issues that I haven't even discussed. I still have many fibroid tumors because I've gone through about 18 treatments. That's an estimate. My body is so tired. Yeah. I, I have like, uh, probably an autoimmune disorder, which we're identifying now, but it's pretty clear. Okay. And there's just too many treatments I've had over these years where something probably would have stuck when, when I had a miscarriage, uh, in 2013, it, it came back healthy. The tissue came back mm. healthy. We don't know for sure because it was healthy female. Maybe it was my tissue. Mm. But one of my doctors said, no, I think it was healthy and your body is rejecting. Is rejecting. So mm. just uh, when you have so, literally you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. When you have so few, I felt like I'm really ready to, with the shot we have to really hope that it sticks in someone else's healthy body. Yeah. We get... We get a lot of questions about surrogacy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the process. I think there's just a lot of, you know, people don't know exactly how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, someone the other day who is not going through IVF, who um, I'm friendly with and I, we follow each other on Twitter, she was tweeting about something else and she said something about don't people know they can just use surrogates? And I feel like that's the attitude. Just use a surrogate as though you just go down to the the surrogate (laughs) store and choose one. Well, you know, it's funny, Dora, you say that because the post I shared on Facebook the other day, which got so much engagement, I say, can we get the, can we tell people to stop using the word should and the word just Mm. when it comes to our infertility? So don't say, why don't you just adopt? Why don't you just have a surrogate? Why don't you just have a kid on your own? Yeah. You should relax. You should think positively. Yeah. You should be happy with one child that you have already. Whatever these shoulds mm-hmm. and these justs are, mm-hmm. are so painful for, yeah. for people to hear. And I'm trying to start this movement to get rid of those words and probably advice in general. We pinned on our Twitter, um, we pinned a poster that said the best thing to say to someone going through infertility is dot, dot, dot to listen. Yeah, I love that. Because... It, it, it's so often, I mean, it's hard, right? Like we talk about this all the time. People, people have good intentions. It's just, they don't know. And when you're on the other side of it, when you're on the IVF infertility side of it, it's like, you are literally the 33rd person to say these exact things to me. Like, do you think I have not thought of this? Do you like, you know, it's just like, always like you should just adopt. Oh, Wait a minute, (laughs) seven years in, I never, that never occurred to me. Circusy, I can say like the cost is so incredibly high. Um, we're doing it in Canada where we're originally from, oh, okay. where there's altruistic surrogacy. Oh, wow. It's still very expensive, but a third of the cost in some wow. cases. Okay. Um, but in general, just when you, and we put in our profile in April and it's now December and we're still in process legally. So none right. of these things are easy steps uh, financially, emotionally, yep. physically in your relationship. Yep. And it, it, it undermines people's experience to minimize it that way Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about the process of finding your 
gestational carrier? Sure. I mean, I wish if I were, once I'm on the other side, I can even talk about it more clearly. Right. What I can say is that I had to fill out, my husband and I filled out an intended parent profile, which I actually believe, again, as a relationships writer, every parent should have to do what we had to do. And I'm going to write an essay about this because... Actually, we were asked fantastic questions like, what from your upbringing would you like to carry into, you know, and what would you not want to carry into your parenting? So these are really great questions, but pages of questions to kind of prove that we deserve to be parents. And Mm, that is both a beautiful thing and a painful thing. Yeah. Um, So that was part one. Um, Well, part one was genetically testing for us, but some people use surrogates with you know, donor eggs or the surrogate's eggs. Um, And that's the difference I've heard between gestational carrier and a surrogate, although carriers are our surrogates. Mm -hmm. A gestational carrier is actually carrying the DNA of uh, your embryo. Okay. And we'll see, you know, we may have to move on from that, but right now that's where we're at. Yeah. And then you go through a whole slew of things, um, medical testing, um, counseling, legal um, everything under the sun. We haven't even gotten to transfer yet. And we submitted our application in April. Oh my gosh. So, and this is through an agency in Canada? Yes, okay. Through a great agency. Um, we basically, um, you know, we're trying to stay open. Yeah. To, we, we matched with someone else in June who fell through and, mm. We've all had those hiccups in the yep. process where any setback just is devastating. Yeah. But the one we've matched with now so far, I really like her. My husband's saying, stop falling, you know, you're falling in love too fast. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to buy her this and I want to do yeah. that. And I'm courting her and yeah. because I'm so eternally grateful. Right. But we'll, we'll see. We're, we're literally taking baby steps. Um, yeah. To, and, um, and you know, it's interesting running pregnant-ish at the same time as I'm pregnant-ish and yeah. you're, it, you, you're in a similar situation. Yeah. Things are un- unfolding as I'm holding the hand of so many of our readers and viewers, which I'm thrilled to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's just at times it's, it's a really unique experience for me because I'm in it with everybody yes. in yes. real time. Right. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good segue. Um, And actually something that we can talk about, because you and I are in this unique position. Um, I mean, I know some of the things that I've struggled with personally are the, it's like, I feel so conflicted. I, I, I like to share all this personal stuff, obviously. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for over a year. It's brought me this amazing community. You know, I've heard from so many people and just to know that you're not alone in this is so powerful. But it's also like, you know, people know when I've done a transfer. They know when I'm in my two-week wait. They like, they want that news and I get that. Like, you know, they don't know me IRL. Like, it's not like I'm a character, but it is sort of like, I know, you know, it's weird. <laughs> yes. Um, so I don't know. Have you felt that too? Oh yeah, absolutely. The way we launched pregnant actually I was in beta. It was a soft launch, but we accidentally launched at the end of January because I did a single Facebook post where I came out of the closet and I, oh, I've wow. been in the media for years. Yeah. On te- I've hosted television. I'm on shows like Good Morning America, Today Show. People have seen me living this ostensibly, this great yeah. life, um, you know, sometimes in hair and makeup and right. 
writing books and doing book tours, having it all, having it all. Yeah. And what I really wanted to do when I came out as infertile yeah. was to say, so my post basically said what you haven't seen is that, um, here, here's the reality. Yeah. My drawers look like I'm a junkie. My, I've learned I can love someone I've never met. Mm-hmm. I my but, and even though my body's been bruised, my heart's been 10 times more bruised. And what you haven't known is that I've struggled through this. And the reason I'm posting this, I said on Facebook, is not to overshare. Right. It's that I'm launching this network called Pregnantish.com. And I want you to know you're not alone if you're silently struggling. And I know some of you know people who are going through this. So please share it and please join our community. And I'm here for you. You are not alone. And then the last line I said was, so don't judge a Facebook by its cover. (laughs) (laughs) And it got shared. I woke up the next day. And New York Magazine called me. It was shared so many times that before I knew it, we were on Bravo. We were in the Toronto Star, New York Magazine, ABC News, and we were launched. And this was just nine or 10 months ago. Yeah. So it uh, took off from me very publicly Mm -hmm. sharing. But to your point... I don't every moment want to share. Sometimes right. we all want to crawl. Uh, anyone yep. listening too, there are those days when even your closest friend, you just don't, you're so depleted. You just, you don't even want to talk about it with your partner, let alone, totally. you know, an audience. Totally. So that's a boundary that I've had to play with. I'm sure you've had to play with. Yeah. And I think this is such a thoughtful audience. I would say that this is one of the best audiences I've ever I mean, look, my readers who read my love books are excellent, but this is a very, the audience on the infertility journey Mm -hmm. is a really special group of thoughtful, thoughtful people and sensitive people. And they get it. They get it when I say, hey, peace out. I need to hide. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. What has surprised you the most? About, about pregnant-ish? pregnant-ish, yeah, this whole experience. Um, how, well, it surprised me and it hasn't, how fast it's grown. Yeah. I mean, it is like, there's so much demand yeah. that I'm doing my seventh live event, Dory, you're moderating it, which I'm thrilled about yeah. on Sunday in Hollywood. Like we are... It by the time just, this airs, it will be over. By the time over. it airs, it will be over, but, <laughs> but we're doing yeah. events across the country yeah. and a video series and, a, and all this stuff. And I, I'm what surprised me is how rapidly things are happening. But in a way it's not surprising because as a community, we're all so underserved and that's why you have a loyal audience too. Yeah. Because we're, we're hungry for support and content. (laughs) Well, I think we're all hungry to feel normal. Yes. You know, we're all just like, Hey, you know, we see all these women around us who we're friends with having babies, enjoying motherhood and, it's not happening for us. And that can make you feel really abnormal. And so just to know that there's all these people out there who are feeling the exact same way you do is like very powerful. Yeah. It's very cathartic for me too, Mm -hmm. to just, and I tell my husband that I'm uplifted when I meet all these people because we're like in this secret, it shouldn't be a secret, but we're in this club together. Yeah. Um, I think that, the challenge sometimes is my husband who isn't as outgoing. Yeah. Doesn't want to be, he's a teacher. Doesn't want to be stopped every five minutes at school. How's it going with your, you know? Yeah. So I was going to ask about your, your partner. Yeah. Um, how, how has this been for him? 
it's it's hard. Overall. I mean, he's a, he's a teacher, so his yeah. kids are. I mean, he was at the White House last year, honored as like a teacher in America who's excellent. He's this incredible. Is he a high school teacher? Yeah. Okay. He, he teaches um, grade seven, eight math science, and he's oh. hilarious. And his com his room's like a comedy club for right. math. And it's, it's, I don't know what that means, but whatever that means to you. Totally. Um, so he's, oh, what was that? Is someone that's here? Our, that's our doorbell. We're going to ignore that. Okay. <laughs> that's fun. Um, so, so basically he is, uh, wonderful he used to do improv at upright citizens brigade he's cool done the second cities i mean he's really funny and i think people expect him to have this personality when it comes to talking mm. about his infertility and, and like no he's mm-hmm. not and i because i give relationship advice for a living yeah. i often talk about the dynamic yeah between partners yeah because you may not be on the same page with how much you want to share when you want to share it that's okay. And you have to negotiate those things yep. and communicate yep. and not expect that you'll be always exactly on the same page yep. with the sharing. Yeah. Has, has his attitude about it changed at all or he's super supportive of me and yeah. pregnant-ish, Um, but I've, you know, I was in the, uh, I was, do you want to, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. He's very supportive. Um, what I, appreciate about him as a partner is he's also very communicative yeah so he you know if something makes him uncomfortable he tells me right and uh that's helpful but you know we check in with each other and i think um our way of doing this is that he supports me however i want to show up but he won't always be there i was interviewed yesterday i was in the new york post Mm -hmm. and uh, they wanted to talk about they want to quote from Michael and it's, mm. you know, he's not always going to want to be yeah. out there and that's okay. I yeah. totally respect that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great that you are like, you're kind of acknowledging his limits and I mean, the other thing that, that I try to convey to couples yeah. and obviously d- not just heterosexual couples, just cu- yeah. anyone on the journey, whether you're single yeah. and dating, yeah. you're gay and married or you're yeah. straight and married, like you we have to a communicate our needs uh, calmly as much as possible, mm-hmm. but also, um, you know, it's okay. You're going to have moments where you're not thinking clearly because the stakes are so high. Yes. And I always say, don't make important decisions after a bad transfer, for instance, or after mm-hmm. a huge hiccup, because this is when people tend to go into overdrive, with whoever's on the journey with them and they say, okay, we're like one of them will say I'm done. And then yeah. it's, then it creates this crisis. And my, my relationship advice has always been, don't have an important discussion when you're hungry or tired. Yeah. And now I'm going to totally. add after like a bad result. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like totally. just let it breathe totally. before you make big decisions. Yeah. 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 That's really good advice. Um, so in terms of pregnantish, you've been doing these live events that sound really amazing and I'm really excited to be part of the one Me on too. Sunday. Um, but what else is in store for the site? And yeah, just- thank you for asking. It's yeah. so exciting. We have we've had over twenty five professional writers writing for us because content is our product. Yeah, this whole time I've said I am going to 
we have a professional book editor uh, helping me edit. Like cool. it is, it yeah. is a digital magazine. It's yeah. not, and blogs are fantastic, but it's not a blog. Right. Uh, we do feature bloggers every week who are outstanding in this area because mm-hmm. we want to spotlight all the great voices. That's why I'm excited to also spotlight your podcast because there's so much great media out there mm. and voices, yep. but ours is really, um, we have many categories in the digital magazine and yep. so many great writers writing great topics. Yeah. Um, everything quirky from like, how do you pick your porn at the clinic? Right. Who curates that? Yeah, totally. To, um, to like deeper, deeper things. We just had a great essay on pregnant I asked my sister to be my egg donor and it was so vulnerable mm. for the writer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're always trying to highlight these deeply vulnerable experiences, yeah. but through real talk. Our tagline at pregnant is real talk about fertility. Mm-hmm. And we do that through the live events, through a video series. We shot some videos at NBC Studios. We did one on finding the funny and fertility mm-hmm. with UCB comedians. Um, these articles, there's just, it feels endless now that we're in the content yeah. business. Um, <laughs> like To just serve the audience and find the great voices mm-hmm. and just elevate the conversation so that yeah. we don't feel as alone. Yeah. Um, well, is there anything else that you want to share with our audience? Oh, thank you. I mean, I think, I think the, the message that I try to embrace myself personally yeah. and as a kind of as a self-help author, mm-hmm. which I don't know if it's helpful for the audience, but I'll share. And I, I think I shared it um, in one of your message messages mm-hmm. the other day on your your Facebook page that what I've learned is I don't need to know the what no let me rephrase that I don't need to know the when the where the how of it as yeah. long as I know the what mm. as like the what is that I will be a parent yeah I don't have any idea how that's going to unfold and yeah. that again is the ish for me the ish is yeah. where magic happens also where anxiety happens because it's the gray zone where things are totally unfolding in a way we cannot plan for. Mm-hmm. But once we once we know that we'll get to the goal however we get there, yeah. it's actually comforting for me anyway because a world of opportunities open. When I started trying to conceive, and I really have been at this a long time. I mean, some people have been longer, obviously, than seven sure. years, but, but seven years, no. more than half my marriage, a long, long time. time. So what, what I've, what I can impart to people who haven't been, and I hope none of the people listening who haven't been this long go this long. Um, I think it's a, you know, it's just due to so many medical issues I have with this, but, uh, what, you know, things, things open, you would think Mm. things close as you move forward through time, but things actually open because you realize, you know, when I started this seven years ago, the hilarious thing that I I think about now is I remember we were trying to conceive and I said to Michael, this is fantastic. We're going to have a summer baby. Because I was like, totally. And I was like, and then we can have our birthday in Bridge Park. Totally. It's amazing. And then this many years later, no, I just want a baby. Yeah. And it may happen through adoption, an egg donor, a gestational carrier. It may happen so many ways I never imagined. And I'm trying now to embrace all the paths to parenthood that I don't know that I embraced right away when I was tied to a more linear path. Yeah. And, and I hope that I don't have many more years because I, I'm kind of, gee, I am 
ready. Yeah. Um, I, I, in our IP intended profile, a parent profile, I, I remember saying, Hey, I'm Andrea. I write about love for a living. My husband's a teacher. I think we make good candidates. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like we probably are oh who you want to, yeah. who, you know, and, and truthfully, everybody who we are pouring our money yeah. and our time into this yeah. process. Everyone listening, you and Matt, yeah. anyone who has gone through the pain to get to parenthood, we all deserve it. Yeah. So we'll have it. We will. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I wish you guys the best of luck with this process with pregnant dish. I mean, what you're doing is amazing. And um, yeah, thanks for coming. Thank you so much for show. having me. Yeah, this was great. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. What'd you think, honey? I gotta tell you, I am so sorry I forgot to cut out the UPS thing. I'm <gasps> kidding. I'm kidding. I probably cut it out. Oh I don't know yet. God. That's the thing. It's crazy. <laughs> you all know at home whether or not I did that. Um, I'm really gonna be on the edge of my seat here. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, I hope you all enjoyed the interview. We'd like to hear from you. Do you like these interviews? Do you want more of them? We love to hear from our listeners. Yep. Leave a comment below. Uh, just email us. You know our email. Yeah. You, you guys. We say it many times. Um, you know who else knows our email, Dory? Who? Oh, well, people like Jared. Jared. Uh, so here's an email. It's from Jared. He says, Matt and Dory. Dory and Matt. Got it both out of the way. <laughs> Just received the exciting news that I've been accepted at Boston University <gasps> for a master's program. Oh, my God. So stoked. Congrats, Jared. I've only visited once, but it was such an incredible town. And obviously, I know you both have a love for it as well. Correction, Jared. I have a love for it. I have a like for it. My wife, not a huge fan. No, that's not true. I uh, have a like for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> What? I My do. wife and I are relatively new married. Newly married is exactly what he wrote, but I said new married. You sure did. Uh, going on six months right now. Congratulations. So this will be the first real big life step taken together. She will have to be working full time while I'm sinking us into six-figure debt by the time I graduate. What a, what a wonderful oh boy. <laughs> way the education system works. A few questions for you. We both own cars right now. So I'm guessing there would be no need for that. Should we sell one or both? I would sell one. Yeah, correct. I would sell one as well. Um, it also depends on where you're going to live. Here's my guess right now. He gets to that later. Oh, sorry. Uh, how do you not let financial burdens keep you down, resentful, or just praying between you two in general? They do get us down. <laughs> they do. Uh, best areas to live. I was recommended by the school to check out Brookline, Back Bay, Alston, East Cambridge is exactly what you meant. You didn't mean each Cambridge. Uh, and maybe out to Somerville or JP, Jamaica Plain. Those are all roughly equidistant. Yeah, JP is not super far. Uh, 
would it be ridiculous to have uh, both of us commuting in each day, car or public transport for Somerville or Jamaica Plain? No. No. Not at all. There's a subway. In, in Somerville, it's the orange line. And in JP, it's the green line. And the orange line. And the orange line. You Wait, get... Somerville is the orange line? Yeah. I thought it was Isn't the red it? line. The red line is in like Porter Square. What am I thinking of? Oh, I'm thinking of Medford. Sorry, guys. I yeah. lived in Medford and took the orange line a lot. I mean, it's fine. Matt. Matt's like, oh, I'm Mr. Boston. There's a there's literally a Boston subway map framed in my bathroom, and I've I've failed mm, you all. Interesting. Uh, by the way, the subway map that's framed in my bathroom from Boston has no labeling on it whatsoever. <laughs> it's just each line. Um, I, my suggestion would be. In terms Isn't of the red line more Cambridgey? Yeah, but it also stops in Porter. Mm. You can look it up. That's true. If you don't believe me? No, I believe you, but I'm going to look it up anyway. Um, I was a Green Line kid, though. That was that was my hello, main. Hello, I was too. Um, for you, Jared, the Green Line is going to be more convenient. Um, yeah, because all of your BU stops are going to be BU on the Green gonna, Line. And they're going to be probably on the B Line of the Green Line. Wouldn't you say? The B Line? Uh, no, because it's it's going to be Kenmore, mostly. Oh, yeah, true. So, so any Green them, Line, yeah. Literally Although any I guess them. if you live on the Red Line, you can just transfer and get, get take the Green Line. Um, no, so it wouldn't be ridiculous to have you commute in every day. I don't know where your wife is going to be working, but... Um, if just just live near a T. <laughs> live near a T. That's a great I mean, bit of advice, right? Like if you li- Boston's not that big. Boston so, is is a very small so town. So if you live near a train, it's not going to take you that long to get where you it's need to so go. It's so provincial. I got a, I got a little I got a little bit of news for you, uh, young man. There's also something called the commuter line, which is the silver line, which extends out into the burbs i almost never took it the last stop well i will say the last stop on the there's a line out there called the lowell line and the last stop of that line was in lowell and i could get on a train which was very close to the mcdonough's and i could be at north station by in uh, 45 minutes i just think if you're going to be you you don't want to live out in lowell you be you you want to live. You want to live in yeah, where where BU told you to live. Brookline, I, Back Bay, Austin. I did all those things. I know you did, and you didn't like it. It took you too long. Um, so here's the thing. I, I'm really confused by this map of 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 the, the transit station because it looks to me like I'm right, and the orange line is Somerville, Leechmere, Oak Grove, Malden Center, Wellington, Sullivan Square, and then Bunker Hill Community College. Right, uh-huh. so Porter Square is and right Davis there. Square are Somerville. Those are Somerville. I'm very confused. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm confused by this. My grandmothers both lived off the Leechmere stop in East Cambridge. Right, like literally, like right there. Okay, so this is that's the Charlestown Navy Yard. That is not Somerville. No, no, no. But this this map is not accurate to. No, I get it. The actual distance. But, we, uh, Dory and I are now arg- arguing about a Boston subway map. I'm just saying, Porter Square and Davis Square are in Somerville. So does Somerville like envelop Cambridge? I, I, I don't know. I guess. That's crazy to me. I'm going to take a look at the red line. <laughs> uh, 
The he's, red line. He's looking at the red line on Wikipedia right now. Guys, I just want everyone to know that. I really. <laughs> Shamit, Ashmont, Cedar Grove, Butler, Milton, oh, Central Ave. Here he goes with his Boston accent, everyone. Mattapan, North Quincy, Wollaston, Quincy Center, Quincy Adams, Braintree, Cadigan Yard. That's amazing. Um, Harvard, Cambridge. Yes, this is all correct. Kendall Square, Charles. I see. I think of the red line as like burrowing out to like the whole brain tree situation. Guys, okay. I have a lot of questions right now, and I know that you ask very specific questions about living in Boston, but right now my wife and I are having a little bit of a spat over a map. And quite There's frankly, no spat. Excuse me. There's no spat. I'm going over to the orange line. I'm having a great time over here. <laughs> All right. Well, Jared wants to know if we have any friends or family with an Mystic extra... River, Assembly Square, Sullivan Square, Community College, Charles River, Green Line, North Station, Haymarket, Green Line, Downtown Crossing, Chinatown. Boy, the orange line's a great line. Do you remember that song about Charlie on the MTA? No. He's a man who never returned. Remember that song? Oh. He'll ride forever on the streets of Boston. That's He's why we call it a Charlie never card. Return. Yeah. So it's that song is kind of fucked up. <laughs> why? He's the man who never returned. He just rode the trains forever. I mean, are like, you kidding me? As a child, as a child, one of my joys was the man who being never on returned that train, was being on that train. I would have killed to be Charlie. Would you really? Yeah. All right. I I I think it's kind of a a, a dark. I think it's dark. In the early two thousands, Somerville began planning an infill station between Sullivan and Wellington to serve the new Assembly Square development. Uh, Honey, I'm just going to read you some of the lyrics of this song. Please do. Let me tell you of the story of a man named Charlie. On a tragic and fateful day, he put 10 cents in his pocket, kissed his wife and family, went to ride on the MTA. Well, did he ever return? No, he never returned, and his fate is still unlearned. Mm Mm-hmm. So we don't even know what happened to him. He's probably still riding the rails. He couldn't get off the train because he didn't have enough money to, to get off the train because you used to have to pay when you left. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's so funny. And and he becomes a ghost. Oh. Guys, that's why we all have Charlie cards. That's, so that's the MTA uh, card, which is a New York thing. In Boston, it's called the Charlie card. And there's a little picture of Charlie on the card. And he seems very happy. Well, this does say that... I, I forgot all the lyrics of this song. It's actually a very long and detailed song. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot. This was a song about fighting a fare increase. It was written for a mayoral candidate of Boston. So the idea was that while you were on the train, the fare got raised. You only had a dime on you. You couldn't get off. Right. So it ends with... And you became a ghost. Now you citizens of Boston, don't you think it's a scandal how the people have to pay and pay? Fight the fare increase. Vote for George O'Brien. Get poor Charlie off the MTA. (laughs) Did George O'Brien win the election? I don't believe so. I don't think so. Um, God, you remember paying with dimes? I do. I do too. 
Yeah, I do. Holy um, crap. Yeah. Okay. Should we play this song for everyone? No. No. Are you sure? Yes. If you want to see the song, it'll be in the show notes. The link to the song. <laughs> All right, fine. Um, see yourself. Okay. So. Oh, wait. So we're not done with Jared's email. I know. Here's the deal. Okay. We're going to answer each question right now. We both already- own cars. Sell one. Done. You don't both need a car. Uh, how do you not let financial burdens keep you down? You already answered all the questions. I need to really thoroughly answer each question. All right. Uh, he's a fellow Bostonian now. Um, how do you do that? You don't. Financial burdens are a pain in the ass. They're rough. And uh, you're just you're just doing it. Here's the deal. You're each going to sink each other into financial debt. That's marriage, okay? You're each going to fucking cost each other money. He's not and wrong. That's the that's the magic of marriage. He's not wrong. You're both going to spend money and cost money. Yeah. And together, you have to know that you're each doing it for each other's happiness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what you need to know. And uh, if you know that, then you'll be okay with it. Now, here's the deal. Brookline's going to be very expensive. The Back Bay is going to be very expensive. Alston's a college town full of undergraduate students. East Cambridge has a lot of condominiums that have been built up around um, uh, around Leachmere, around the mall, around the Galleria. So that, that might be an option for you. I don't know how much you want to spend on housing, but I have news that you might not like to hear. Boston, Cambridge, Brookline... Somerville and Jamaica Plain are insane. They're very expensive places to live. Uh, You're going to end up in Somerville. Um, Would it be ridiculous to have both of us commuting in each day from Somerville, Jamaica Plain? No. Very easy. You hop on the T. It's called the T. Do we have any family or friends with an extra bedroom or uh, back house for rent? Uh... How's your parents' condo? I think they is have, it rented currently? Yeah, they have a tenant. They have a, they have a tenant who's been there for I think like two years now. Who they're very happy with. Who's also a graduate student, correct? Um, no. There he's, was one that was a graduate student. No, there was someone who was going to live there who was a graduate student, and then I think she backed out. Mm. Um, but no, they've had the same tenant in in that apartment for i think a couple of years um but if anything changes jared we will let you sure. know Sure, and that's that's they live in jamaica plain they live in jamaica plain. very close to uh the green line and the orange line um but okay. not really walking distance i disagree really you can leave your parents place and end up at the brookline village station in like 15 minutes Oh. I mean, it's not as like conveniently close as like if you lived near North Station or in the Back Bay, right? And you can walk to like three different stations. Sure, but you know, on a, on a, as a relatively, I mean, think about it—fifteen minutes, and you're on a train. Yeah, it is beautiful. I love public transit. I hate Los Angeles's public transit system. Not great. We should move closer to a train. We wouldn't be able to take it anywhere. I know. We actually don't live far from a train. Right. Where are we going to take it, though? I know. A lot of times you have to, like, head downtown before you can get out anywhere. It's crazy. It's insane. Um, Okay. So, Jared, we've answered your questions. We've done it so hard. Uh, Matt, do you enjoy Seinfeld? I enjoyed it thoroughly when it was on. It is not a program I've rewatched. 
very very often Mm -hmm. but i by thoroughly i mean like one of the things that got me into doing comedy is was jerry seinfeld's sign language book which i purchased in sixth grade which is sitting on that bookshelf see how tattered that copy of sign language is honey it's right next to Chuck Klosterman's oh, book. Oh, wow. The first book. It's, it's, it's the most tattered book on the shelf. Yeah, that book uh, sort of drove me into comedy harder than any other book I ever read. So, wow. As far as do I like Seinfeld, the answer would be yes. That's why you like Jews. Uh, yeah, that's part of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, thank you all for listening to the podcast. Thank you. You've been lovely. We've Very had a great lovely. time talking to we you. We sure have. And thank you to Andrea for doing the interview with us. Um, very much appreciated. Everyone go to her site, pregnantish.com. And uh, tell a friend. Tell a friend. If you're a fertility um, magnate <laughs> and you're giving away fertility on radio stations, <laughs> email us. We'd like to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Go. Show's over. Have a good